Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, if you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, that's the gospel of John. Amen. Fourth chapter of the New Testament, fourth book rather of the New Testament. Amen. Probably about two-thirds of the way through your Bible if you're going from front to back. Amen. A, a well-known portion of Scripture, at least within the ranks of the Pentecostal movement. Amen. By the way, how many of you, I know we talked about in prayer, have been hearing about what's going on at Asbury University in Kentucky? Anybody heard the reports of what's going on there at a uh, small non-denominational Wesleyan College on Wednesday they entered into chapel sometime that morning and the Holy Ghost started moving in that chapel and as of that I know right now that service is still going on and people are being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance we should be making more noise than that that's that's end time revival that, that, that that's book of Acts amen that's Azusa Street. That's, the, that's what the Pentecostal movement is all about. Not denomination. God is bigger than a denomination. Amen. And, and, and God's not looking at what sign is out front. He's looking at the unity that's inside the building. And if we can get on the same page and have the same purpose and the same mission, I believe what God is doing in Kentucky right now can happen in this building. Amen. And, and people are traveling from all over North America to find out what's going on in Asbury. And as they are arriving there, they are receiving the Holy Ghost. And it's beginning to spread like wildfire. Amen. How, how many of you know God's doing a new thing in this hour? How many of you be all right if wildfire broke out in Lexington Park and just started drawing people? I don't, want, I don't want it to be contained in living hope. I want it to be at the Catholic Church and the Baptist Church. Amen. I want it to be at the Methodist Church and, amen, the non-denominational churches. I want, I want the Holy Ghost to be poured out. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Amen. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, if you knew what I had to give you, and if you knew who you were talking to, you would say, Give me to drink. Amen. Thou wouldest, in other words, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water the woman says unto him sir thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water art thou 
greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Down to verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Amen. Come and see a man which told me all things. The Bible says she left her water pot, went into the city to find her circle of influence and said, you've got to come see this man who told me all things. This must be the Christ. We're going to move over to the book of Psalms, chapter 116, just reading two verses. Amen. You can just look at the screen. By the time you get there, we'll probably be done reading. What shall I render, the psalmist says, unto the Lord? What, what can I give back unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me verse 13 I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord what shall I render unto the Lord for all that he has given to me does anybody come with gratitude this morning for all that God has given to them and the psalmist goes on and says I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord amen somebody give the Lord praise this morning amen Amen. I want to preach as you're seated this morning for a few minutes today on this thought. I'll take the well. Amen. I'll take the well. The Old Testament, Psalms chapter 116, verse 13, the psalmist declares in this passage, I will take the cup of salvation. I will take the cup. This phrase is lifted, and I'm going to be very foundational at the beginning, so you're going to need to... Uh, it's not going to, in other words, it's kind of going to be the appetizer. So you got to listen close for the rest of the sermon to make sense. This phrase that I will take the cup of salvation is lifted from a series of Psalms that begin in Psalms chapter 113 and conclude in Psalms chapter 118. And these six chapters of the book of Psalms are referred to as the Hallel Psalms. The Hebrew word Hallel simply means praise. And these six chapters from Psalms 113, 114, 115, 116, 117, and 118 are just that. They are a series of hymnals or songs of praise unto the Lord. But, but not just any kind of praise. They were songs of praise that were focused upon the delivering hand of God. I don't even know that there are times that you praise God because he's been good to you. Amen. There's sometimes that you praise God because, amen, of what he has blessed you with. Amen. There's, there's sometimes that you praise God because he healed your body. But there is a special anointed praise when you begin to look back when the Red Sea was in front of you. And you begin to look at that addiction. And the, the, the doctor and the psychiatrist said there's no way that addiction will ever be broken. But God reached down with a mighty hand and he brought you out of that thing, there is a special anointing. Amen. There is a special anointing when we praise God for his deliverance. And if God delivered you from something, I wonder, can you give him praise today? 
I, I need the alcoholic, the former alcoholic to give God, the used-to-be drug addict to give God praise. Amen. You used to be bound by lust and perversion. Amen. You used to be bound by fear, but God brought you out. Amen. You ought to give God praise today because he is a deliverer. And these six chapters of Psalms were focused on praising God for his deliverance. They were songs that were sung in praise unto the Lord for his supernatural and miraculous works of deliverance, both as a nation and they were songs that were sung for the individual delivering power of God. And in particular, these Psalms focused upon the deliverance when God brought Israel out of Egypt. In fact, these six chapters were often referred to as the Egypt Hallel. Amen. It wasn't just a song of praise of deliverance, but it was specifically a praise for when God delivered them out of Egypt. These songs were upon the lips of pilgrims at the three main feasts of Israel. Each of these three feasts were pilgrimage feasts, which simply meant that every Jewish male that was a part of the nation of Israel, of the tribes of Israel, that at the times of these three annual feasts, they were required to appear before the Lord in Jerusalem. No matter how far they might have lived away, amen, they had to make the journey to Jerusalem at each of these three pilgrimage feasts. And there, as they gathered in Jerusalem, this, these psalms of, of Hallel would be rehearsed. I'm just quickly going to talk about these three feasts. The first of those three pilgrimage feasts was the Feast of Booths. Amen, the Feast of Booths. This was a time of celebration in which all the people of Israel would leave the comforts of their homes. And for one week they would live in tents and they would live in uh, houses that were put together, temporary dwellings. They would put sticks together and put leaves over top of those to make shelter. And, and it was intentional that they were living in these temporary dwelling places for this one week because it was a sure that they would be remember, reminded and remember of how God had kept them as they traveled through the wilderness for 40 years. Amen. During that week, they would remember how that God had brought manna while they were in their temporary place of dwelling. They would remember how that God brought quail down. They would remember, in fact, in these Psalms of Hallel, they talk about how that God caused water to gush forth from the rock. And these would be things they would remember during the Feast of Booths. The second of these feasts of pilgrimage was the Feast of Pentecost. This celebration commemorated the 50th day after the Passover. The 50th day after the blood had been applied to the doorpost and the mantle. And the death angel had passed over and Israel had been spared. And Pharaoh said, get out of Egypt. You can't live here any longer. Amen. And they were delivered out of Egypt. And that's what this Passover, I'm rather the Pentecost, was a celebration of. 50 days after. How many of you know what took place? We talked about it Wednesday night. 50 days after. What happened? God gave law to Israel. Amen. The finger of God reached down and wrote on tables of stone. And guess what? Israel wasn't griping and complaining about law and commandment. They were celebrating it. Every year they got together and had a feast and a celebration because they were thankful that God had given them law. The third was the feast of Passover. This time of celebration that the Passover lamb had been sacrificed and the blood of the lamb had brought their deliverance. Sorry. My cup fell. Out of Egypt. 
In each of these three feasts, the Hallel Psalms would be sung. They would open their Bibles or the equivalent of what they had and they would read from their songbooks probably more fittingly. They would read these six chapters. In particular though, out of all the three feasts, it was during the feast of the Passover that they would sing these psalms. Amen. Even the, the, that, the, 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 the rabbis and the teachers would tell us and history would tell us that even as the priest was offering the sacrifice, even as that bloody gory process of the slaughtering of that lamb was taking place, that in the temple they were singing these psalms they were singing praise unto God because they realized it was the sacrifice of that lamb that had lifted them out of slavery in Egypt so throughout the temple amen lifted above the sound of the cries of that lamb was a song of praise unto God the psalms of Hallel not only was the song lifted in the temple but also it was lifted in homes Families would gather together to celebrate the Passover. And tradition tells us that before the feast would begin, they would sing the 113th and 114th Psalm. And then after the last cup of the Passover had been consumed, after the last drink had been swallowed of the Passover cup, that they would move on then and sing Psalms 115 through Psalms 118. This is significant because in Mark chapter 14, the Bible tells us that in the upper room, Jesus and his disciples were gathered together and there they took communion. And the Bible tells us that after they had finished the final cup, of communion after the final cup had been consumed mark chapter 14 says that jesus and his disciples sang a song and it would be these songs that they sung that Jesus and his disciples would begin to sing this psalm of hallel a praise unto god who brought us by the lamb out of egypt it was a psalm of praise for the salvation of God that had delivered them from Egypt. And in the midst of that celebration, amen, they would lift the cup and say, I will take the cup of I wonder in the building today how many of you have chosen, I will take the cup of salvation. Come on, I will take Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Amen. Take everything in this world, but give me Jesus. This cup of salvation was a symbol of the moment that the Passover lamb had set the captive Israelites free from their bondage in Egypt. And it was every Passover, along with this cup of salvation that the Passover lamb would be sacrificed for all the sins of Israel and the sins of Israel would be rolled ahead for one year. Are you still with me? I'll preach here in a moment. We got to lay a foundation. This was the cup of salvation. It was every year when they came together and that lamb shed blood and the sins of a nation were rolled back for one year. That was the cup of salvation. It was cup-sized salvation. But can I tell you there are limitations in a cup-sized salvation. Amen. Cup-sized salvation does not possess the power to remove or remit sin, but only to roll back sin. And as Israel would rejoice and celebrate the cup of salvation, as they would remember 
and they would commemorate the sacrificial lamb, but it was just a cup of salvation. Tell your neighbor it's just a cup. It was just a cup of salvation. In the Old Testament, the blessings of God, the salvation that God offered humanity in the Old Testament was referred to as the cup. God served his salvation in the Old Testament by the cupful. That's why David said in Psalms 23, my cup runneth over. Amen. That's why Psalms 116, the psalmist said, I will drink the cup of salvation. Amen. Because in the Old Testament, there was just enough salvation through the blood of that animal to push sin back. One day a year, the high priest would offer sacrifice and the sins would be rolled back. They would not be wiped away. They would not be covered. They would not be forgotten. They would simply be rolled rolled back for one year and you could drink that cup and it would be just enough to cover you for one year from judgment. But I'm glad today to tell you that salvation by the cup full is Old Testament language. Salvation by the cup full is Old Testament language. Amen. That was a symbol. This is a symbol of Old Testament salvation. Amen. Old Testament was rolling back. It was pushing back. But when I turn to John chapter 4, amen, and there's a woman that brings her cup to the well. Amen. She brings that cup with a fixed capacity. And then she meets a man at that well by the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost stirring in this house already. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to leave here today with more than a cupful. She comes to the well bringing her equivalent of Old Testament salvation. Amen. She wanted just enough to quench her thirst for a moment. But can I tell you that's the issue with a cupful is you got to keep coming back for more. But then she meets Jesus. You don't need religion today. You don't need to meet the preacher today. I'm going to tell you who you need to meet. You need to meet Jesus. And Jesus looks at that woman and he looks at the cup she brought. And he said, woman, whoever drinks of this water is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst because the water that I give him ain't going to be a cup. It's going to be a well. Salvation by the cup full is Old Testament language. Amen. But in the New Testament, he promised a well of living water. You don't have to go around with a cup searching for a spigot trying to find a faucet when you can leave today with a well. Amen. You can have the well today. Is anybody thankful today that it's a well? And that Samaritan woman dealing with the reproach of ruined relationship brings her water pot to the well. She brings her water pot. But how many gallons could that water pot contain? Maybe two, maybe three, I don't know, how, however strong you are, that's how big your water pot can be. But don't forget, you got to walk home with it. 
But that's all the water pot will ever contain. Whatever its capacity is, that's as much as you can get. And when that's gone, you got to come back the next day for more. Much like Old Testament salvation, it was fixed and it was finite. The sacrificial lamb was forever going to have just enough power to roll back the sin for one year. I don't care how good that lamb was. I don't care how spotless it was. I don't care how perfect its little bad, bad, bad was. Amen. I don't care how many bagfuls of wool you could have got out of that lamb. Amen. No matter how perfect that lamb was, it was limited to a one-year capacity, and it was only going to be enough for one nation. It was always going to be one lamb for one year. Just like a cup. A cup is fixed and finite. I don't care how big of a water source you find. You might find a, a stream. You might find an ocean. You might find a canal, a river, but the capacity of the vessel you bring is all you can. I don't care if you go to the biggest water, amen, the biggest body of fresh water. The most you can take is the cup you've got in your hand. And when that cup is empty, you've got to come back for more. But a well is not like a cup. Because the Greek word that Jesus used there for the well would speak of a spring. And a spring is an underground source of water. You can't contain that source of water. It's immeasurable and it's unquantifiable. The best you can do when you find a well is say, I'm going to tap into it. Because you can't contain it. You can't control it. Amen. There's no capacity. You can't measure how much water is in a spring. You, didn't even, you couldn't even see where the water was coming from, how it got there. All I know is every time I draw, there's more water there. Every time I take a drink, there's another drink waiting. Amen. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's not a cup. See, that's the problem. Some of you come to church with your cup, and you want Jesus to give you a little fix. Amen. And by the time next Sunday rolls around, you're out of drink because you brought your cup to church. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's bigger than a cup. You can't qualify him. He gives you joy on Sunday, and there's more on Monday, and there's more on Tuesday. He gives you peace on Wednesday, and there's more on Thursday, and there's some on Friday. Jesus is an endless source. All I know is every time he touches me, there's more of him. The more that I drink of him, the more of him there is. Amen. The blood of that Old Testament lamb had just enough power to roll back the sins of one nation for one year. And then the next year they had to bring the cup back again. But not the blood of Jesus. His blood has enough power not to roll back but to wash away. And it's not just enough for one nation and one tribe and one color of people. It's for every nation, every tribe, every color, every, every language. It's for everybody. 
Let me tell you about the well that you can drink of today. It's not enough for one day, for one week, for one month, or even for one year. It's enough for all eternity. I wish somebody praised him right now because I don't just have a cup. I've got a well. I feel like dancing in this house this morning because I'm drinking from a well. I feel like shouting in this house today because I'm drinking from the well. All you marriages that walked in here today on the brink of destruction, I want you to know the reason I rejoice today is because I don't have a cup to offer you. I've got a well to offer you. Right now would be a good time for a hallel. Right now would be a good time for a praise. Amen. Right now would be a good time to lift up a praise of deliverance. Let me tell you what's beautiful about this well. What caused that woman to go and find the men and bring them back and say, you got to meet Jesus. Because the water pot she brought, the cup is something that you have to fill. Come to church, oh, I, got, I, got to get, I got to get something from the Lord today. I got, I got to get my cup full today because that's what the cup is. You have to fill the cup. Amen, that's what Jesus said. As long as you're drinking of this water, you got to bring your cup back tomorrow and the day after. But my cup ain't like that. My well ain't like your cup. Amen, you don't have to bring the cup and fill it. My well fills you. The well ain't like the cup. It's not something you got to draw. It's something that springs up from the inside. It's something that just can, somebody ought to say, spring up a well. Some of you are tired of religion because you've been trying to, you bring your cup to church every Sunday. Amen. And, and, and you just keep bouncing around from church to church trying to find something to fill your cup. Uh, let me tell you, every church you're going to go to has its limitations. Uh, they've got their shortcomings. Uh, they've got their issues and they've got their problems. Uh, but what you need to do is put your cup down and get a well. You need to get the well on the inside. I'm not looking for a cup full. I need a well. Do you feel that river of living water? Come on, do you feel that river of living water? I'm preaching to people today that are trying to quench a soul thirst with a cup full. Things that bring momentary, temporary gratification and satisfaction. But sooner or later, you've got to go back to the well. Whatever you're putting in your cup, some it's drugs, others it's alcohol, some it's money, it's sex, it's entertainment. Can't believe pastor said that word in church. You heard it 50 times before you got here today. 
and you're trying to fill your cup and you can't figure out why you're never finding any satisfaction. It's because you're trying to quench your thirst in things that you've got to fill up. Let me tell you, there's satisfaction in the well that comes to fill you up. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I found this nature of sin is that yesterday's cup full isn't enough to satisfy today's thirst. Yesterday, a cup full satisfied me. Today, I've got to have a cup and a half full. Amen. Yesterday's sin fulfilled me, but this, but now it's got to be a little more extreme than yesterday's sin was. Otherwise, I, amen, and you get to a place where you're so stretched out of shape that nothing can satisfy. Let me tell you about a well. Amen. It's time to put your cup away and get you a well that flows up from the inside. Tell your neighbor, it's time to trade your cup for a well. John 4, verse 28, the Bible tells us that when Jesus had finished telling this woman about the well, the Bible says she left her water pot. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Jesus made an altar call and she left her cup at the altar. Amen. And she walked away not talking about a cup, but she said, you got to come to the well. I found, I'm leaving my cup because I found the well. Did you know today, child of God, did you know guests that might be here today, did you know backslider, did you know sinner today that you can leave your cup at the altar today and walk away with a well? I like this. In the Old Testament, we see the, it was a cup of salvation. And now it's a well of salvation. In the New Testament, the language changes from the cup of salvation to a cup of trials. This is going to take a little mind work to stick with me here. The Old Testament was a cup of salvation. Amen. And a well full of trials. But in the New Testament, Jesus in the garden prayed, Father, let this cup of suffering Old Testament, the cup was salvation. New Testament, amen, the cup is just a trial that I'm going through. Amen, the cup is the trial. The cup is the suffering. Amen, when you get a hold of this well, it makes your suffering just a cup full. That's what Calvary did. That's what the cross did. That's what Jesus did. Some of you that are trying to find satisfaction, your trials feel like a well. Insurmountable. I'll never get over this thing. It's the biggest thing I've ever dealt with. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But when you get a drink from that well, when you get a drink of that living water, when that well begins, something powerful changes. There's a powerful transformation that takes place. That's what Calvary did. It transformed the trials of this life from a well to a cup. And it, it transferred salvation from a cup to a well. All the trials that this life could ever bring are but a cup of suffering when compared to the salvation that Jesus brings. 
Oh, if you're trying to find it in religion, yeah, your problem is too big. You'll never make it through. But if you're looking for it in Jesus, if you got a well springing, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the doctor said, what the lawyer said, what your bank account looks like. Your trial is just a cup. The New Testament experience is we get trials by the cupful. And these light afflictions, Paul said, Paul said, my afflictions are just light afflictions. Well, that's probably because Paul didn't go through anything. Well, let me preface what he was saying that about. He was talking about being beaten and shipwrecked and thrown in prison and forgotten there. He wasn't talking about a late bill not being paid. He was talking about being persecuted and abandoned and neglected. And yet Paul said, because I got the well of salvation, my affliction is just a cup. Some of you need to rejoice today. You need to get your affliction back in the cup. I don't know what you're going through today, but the good news is that if your cup is full of trials and troubles, then that means your well is full of blessings. And God is not going to leave you with a cup. Amen. Your story is going to end with a well of blessings. That sickness, just a cup. I'm losing some of you right now because you got more faith in your trial than you do. Some of you don't want to hear what I'm saying right now because you've magnified your problems so much you can't even see the well. It's been so long since you drank from the well because every morning you fill up your cup of suffering. And you get, a, let me tell you today, why don't you let that river of living water start flowing? Amen. That sickness, I said that sickness, that sickness is just a cupful. That cancer is just a cupful. That diabetes is just a cupful. I came today to sing a song of deliverance, and my trial is just a cupful. That sorrow is just a cup. That worry, just a cup. Even death, just a cup. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, so when this corruptible have should have put on incorruptible, and this mortality shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Even death, when you got salvation, death is just, just a cup. When you got salvation, death is just a cup. There's a well of salvation waiting on you. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is? Somebody, you need to let your well swallow up your cup. You need to let the well of salvation swallow up the cup. I thank God for the inspired words of the Old Testament prophet who looking forward even when to him it was just a cup of salvation, he looked forward into the New Testament and said, therefore with joy shall you draw waters out of the well. of. 
Try that salvation. Out of the. Of. There we go. One more time. Out of the. Of. Therefore, with joy shall you draw, not out of the cup of salvation, but out of the well. We all walked in here with a cup today. I made sure the ushers gave you one. Every one of you walked in here today with a cup. But the answer today is you can leave with a well. I wonder how many of you can still remember when the well started flowing in your world. How many of you can remember the first time the Holy Ghost moved in you? Can you remember when that river of living water sprang up on the inside of you? Some of you started The woman at the well left it there and said, I'm choosing the well. The problem is over time. Amen. We read of a time that Abraham's son, amen, Isaac, the Bible says the Philistines came and they filled up daddy's well with earth. They filled it up with dirt. They filled it up with earth. Dirt and earth are a symbol of carnality. And the problem is over time, amen, our well gets filled up with dirt. It gets filled up, amen, the, the, the job becomes more important, amen, and our success becomes more important, amen, the sports our kids play becomes more important, and the well gets filled up. But I wish somebody get an Isaac anointing on them today and say, I'm going to dig that well again. Come on, spring up, oh well. Spring up within me. Spring up within me. We start bringing our cups back to church with us. Amen. Those cups get filled up with criticism and offenses and bitterness and Amen. When it, when we first came to church and got full of the Holy Ghost, Amen. And we thought pastor had angels wings. Literally, some of you used to come up, I'd sweat when I preach, I, oh, pastor, you're an angel, you've got wings. You've been around long enough, you know that ain't true. But some of you have gone to the other extreme now. You don't just not see it. You see devil's horns on the preacher. Amen. You see problems in the saints all around you. Why? Because you, amen, because you forgot your well and you started carrying your cup around again. It's time to get back to the well. It's time to start drinking. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to get loose in this place. Amen. What God is doing in Kentucky right now, he wants to do in this room. Because this well, it'll start springing up in you and it'll get into every area of your life. It'll get into your marriage and that marriage that started feeling, being filled with bitterness and grudges and don't even like each other. You let that well start springing up and it'll reach over there and get into your marriage. It'll reach over there and get into your children that you can't even get to listen to you, let alone obey you. It'll get into every area of your home, but you got to let that well sp- I wonder how many of you today would lift up your cup and say, I'm bringing it to the altar today and I'm leaving. I know some of you, this might be your first time at a Pentecostal church, and you might think we lost our minds. We didn't. We just lost our cup. We just found something that really satisfies. We just found something that I don't have to keep filling up. It keeps filling me up. (laughs) 
And if you'll get that well springing up in your life, before you know it, that trial that seemed like an ocean will fit in a cup again. A few years ago, Dakota, five or six years old, was at the altar. Brother Victor Jackson, a preacher that Sunday. Dakota came to the altar, lifted her hands. Can I tell you, you you, you can't be too young or too old to get the Holy Ghost. As long as you got a desire and you've got faith, you can receive the Holy Ghost. Dakota came up to the altar and began to speak in other tongues, was filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost, and went on for five, ten minutes, I don't know, maybe longer, just being filled with that well springing up in her. And after she was done, Brother Jackson looked at her and said, Dakota, how do you feel? And she said, as only a five-year-old could put it into her language, she said, I feel like I just swallowed a bunch of monsters. What, what, what was she saying? Something in me. There's a power in me that I've never felt before. There's something alive in me. Some of you need to swallow some monsters. You need to get some life in you. You need to get some joy in you. You need to get some peace in you. I don't want dead, dry religion. Take your cup. I want the well. Stand with me all over this house. Old Testament, the psalmist said, I'll take the cup. Y'all can have the cup. That's all he could have back then. That's why he took the cup. He didn't have any other choice but to have the lamb that could roll sins back for one year. And everybody in this building, you've got more options than just a cup. If you choose today to leave with your cup, your temporary satisfactions and your addictions that you haven't been able to beat, those relationships that you keep jumping from one to the next, running from church to church thinking you're going to find the perfect one, keep your cup if that's what you want. But I'll take the well. I want somebody to bring your cup down here like that woman did. I want you to leave. Your cup. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost right now in this altar. If you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to walk down. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.